Yo, this is the ancient Texan. It's almost midnight, uh, Tuesday. I don't know, January 19th or something. The title of this one is No One Beats Odal 56 Years in a Row. I'm going to tell you a story that's 56 years long. Okay, I'm just going to hit the highlights. Lucky for you. Um, let me start it off with a story about a tennis player, Fetus Gerolitis. He played around the 1980 era. And in his day, there were three great players. Borg from Germany, Connors from the U.S., and John McEnroe from the U.S. They were all superstars, and, you know, history has borne out that they were some of the greats of the game. Um, Connors was extremely competitive and has the most tournament wins of anybody uh, Borg was flashy and great serve, great volley. McEnroe, with his hot temper, had amazing control of his racket and volleys. Uh, they were all just incredibly good players. And right underneath that level, a guy that might have been a star without those three people being present and, and in every tournament. It's a guy named Vitas Gerolitis. He was a handsome guy, blonde hair. Uh, ladies loved him. Kind of a, you know, party guy. Well, he had played Jimmy Connors 16 times. And 16 times he had lost. So finally, he was in this tournament, and he beat uh, McEnroe first round, and then second round, he faced uh, Connors, who had lost to 16 times in a row, 16 times. Well, he won this match, and so they're interviewing him after the match, and he looked the cameraman straight in the eyes, and he said, no one beats Vetus Gerolitis. 17 times in a row. Well, he became famous for that line. And even if you don't know about tennis, uh, you might have heard that. Well, this story is no one beats Odal 56 years in a row. Who's my opponent been? Well, first, the game I was in was copper smelting, metal refining. Started in a copper smelter when I was 19. El Paso copper smelter. And of course, it's not in business anymore. Second job after, right after I got my doctorate was uh, Southwire, Georgia. They took copper scrap and made it into um, copper wire. They became the biggest wire producer in the world. Um, 
quite successful plant. Then we started noticing the price of copper scrap going up and it getting harder and harder to find. And then our competitors started going out of business, first on the west coast, then the northeast. We realized it was China buying the copper scrap. And we said, there's no way in hell they can buy the scrap on the east coast, ship it across the country or ship it all the way down to Panama and then back over to China or across the, you know, across the country and then to China and still be competitive. But there's something we didn't know about the Chinese. We knew that they had low labor rates. We knew they didn't care about the environment. They didn't have to run a clean operation like we did. But we didn't know is they didn't have to make a profit. They could buy the scrap for anything they wanted because their government was going to keep them afloat, which is not something we could do. Another thing we didn't know about our own country is we had not in my backyard. We don't want something dirty like a smelter in America. We are environmentalists, we're purists, we're not going to have such dirty things. Of course, uh, they're big hypocrites because when you push it out of the United States and push it out of the, our control, you push it into places like Peru and Chile, Indonesia, China. Guess what? They pollute the planet a lot more, so the real result of NIMBY by the environmentalist was to make the planet dirtier. We also gave up millions of good paying middle class jobs because of NIMBY and the fact that the Chinese don't have to make money. We actually competed pretty well even given the environmental uh, disadvantage of us having to keep it clean and they could go dirty despite the fact they didn't pay their people well that wouldn't have broke our backs but NIMBY and China not having to make a profit and being subsidized that broke our backs that cost millions of jobs the hypocrisy of NIMBY and the unfairness subsidizing their companies and kind of a I'll give you another example I went on to Anaconda once the biggest company in the world in terms of revenue wow copper company biggest revenue it was the biggest in the 80s uh, you might guess what happened China Move on to the 90s, so magnesium plant in Australia. I was the lead process engineer. Billion dollar project, biggest project I've ever been on. They had technology that was cleaner, much cleaner than the Chinese, much more advanced. Billions of jobs on the line. Lots of copper coming to the United States 
Ford Motor Company backed it and pre-purchased $50 million of the magnesium. They wanted a new era in lighter cars made with magnesium, the lightest structural metal there is. 60% the weight of aluminum, about a third the weight of iron. Guess what? How did the Chinese do it? They lowered the cop, the price of magnesium temporarily so that when the magnesium project tried to get financing from the banks, they couldn't show a return on investment because the magnesium price was lower. Guess what? They got put out of business before they got started by the Chinese. Of course, after they were put out of business, there wasn't hardly anybody left, and they raised the price back up. I've worked for a dozen companies that have been put out of business by the Chinese. My whole life has been watching companies fold under my feet. I've watched thousands of people being laid off. And most of them couldn't remake themselves. Most of them were the common middle-class American that both the Democrats and the Republicans ignored. Guys like Bernie Sanders recognized that we had crap deals, but not much of anybody else. The De Democrats still haven't figured it out. They still haven't figured out why Trump won. Trump paid attention to some people that are hurting in this country and they got put out of their middle-class jobs and not for good reasons. It's not fair competition. Right now there's a plant in China, the biggest aluminum plant in the world. They keep two sets of books. They're dirty. They're not particularly good at it, but their energy is subsidized and they're flooding the world with aluminum below the cost that anybody else can make it. Alcoa and all the other copper companies of the world are struggling to stay in business. And that's not even to mention that they steal technology and force people into deals because uh, they're putting them out of business anyway and they give them this faint glimmer of hope. So I've been working in the metals industry and the minerals industry for 53 years. I've got a chance now to help a company uh, build a magnesium plant. And I figure I'll take two or three years to see if we make or break it. But no one beats Odal 56 years in a row.
I'm recording the sound. You don't hear this on every podcast. That's green goat.
getting ready for another one. Horses. They sound just vicious. They do. They want the other monkeys to think they're vicious too. <laughs> Have you seen the size of the testicles on the guys? I tried to get a good picture of it because I just don't know how it's, it's just hanging there by a little uh, string. Doesn't that look like it hurts? Yes, I was <laughs> going like, oh man. And then I wondered, are they all like that? Is that a I've seen trait? Or does that guy, was that guy just really old? <laughs> no, I've seen like three or four now, and they're all... All of them? It's like the lead monkey has big balls. <laughs> you can get dirty mind here. You got to focus, focus. <laughs> No. I wonder if it's dirty when you're walking the grounds trying to peer up into there. Oh, okay. That's the only thing that's dirty. Mm. You gotta do that when no one else is with you, Amy. <laughs> and you bring your binoculars. Well, oh. oh, this part is steep. Yeah. Two more days to go. More than I'm used to. Yeah. Yo. 
This is the ancient Texan from Costa Rica. A more ancient place, perhaps. The monkey just went overhead. You can hear the sound of a stream running down. A little pond in front of me with goldfish. Out on the other side of the pond, there's the dark blue, the ocean. I viewed partly blocked by palm trees and vines. Went into town yesterday. I'll post some of the pictures of oh, monkeys going through town. Natives just look up and you can easily to pick out the tourists and the natives. The natives, the monkeys are just normal stuff. There is a quiet kind of simplicity to the town, the people, the merchants there selling their wares, but it's a very subdued, take it easy, you come into the little boutiques and they say hi and you know, let you look without really saying much. There's no high pressure. There's just a smile and a buenos dias. Town road, the road's kind of rough and rocky. And instead of asphalt, they've sprayed uh, some kind of mixture that has molasses in it. So it has a kind of a peculiar smell. Uh, go down to the beach and there you know kids there hustling their wares I bought some coffee cups that were beautiful they told me they were good for beer and I said cerveza and they are surprised uh, and every time we saw the two kid, kids they were like 20 year old kids every time we saw them they would wave and you know like it was cool to meet a new friend, and it was special. It made me feel special. Uh, like meeting someone was the big event of the day. Wow. Can you imagine living in such a world? And... I don't think I saw a TV on, although I think I did see one somewhere. And someone here was saying how hard it was to find a bar to watch the Super Bowl this coming Sunday. Are they paying any attention to the Trump impeachment? No. Anybody ever mentioned that? No. It's not even a thing here. It's part of our chaos. It's not part of the world chaos. It's not part of humanity's struggle. It's part of, well, the humanity that lives in the US are the ones that are bogged down in this. Here in Peru where the education 
the literacy rate's higher than the U.S. when they have no military, which I mentioned last time. So they spend all their money on health care and education. Here in Peru, <clears throat> they don't really care about what's happening in the U.S. Isn't that amazing? They don't even, it's not even, they don't even talk about it. We're not the center of the universe like we think we are. You can only be the center of the universe if the people outside of your universe think you're the center of the universe. Ah. I wonder if I could make more difference in the U.S. if I simply walked in the woods every day, took care of myself, managed my health, managed my mind, my emotional state, came to some peaceful state. So then I walked among Americans, the stressed out creatures of this planet. I could provide a little bit of calmness, soothing, peacefulness. Is there some way I can write every day, write my stories, my poems, do a little work, spend time with the dogs, walk in the woods, and still stay peaceful? It's easy down here. You're away from everything. I don't even have a TV set. My internet's a little questionable. Streaming's not much of an option. Oh, I can. It just has to stop a lot, so doesn't encourage it. But I'm wondering if there's not some really valuable lessons to learn from these people. Buenos dias. Buenas noches. This is the ancient Texan. Namaste. Yo, this is the ancient Texan from Costa Rica. A more ancient place, perhaps. The monkey just went overhead. You can hear the sound of a stream running down. A little pond in front of me with goldfish. 
out on the other side of the pond, there's the dark blue, the ocean. I view partly blocked by palm trees and vines. Went into town yesterday. I'll post some of the pictures of oh, monkeys going through town. Natives just look up and you can easily to pick out the tourists and the natives. The natives, the monkeys are just normal stuff. There's a quiet kind of simplicity to the town, the people, the merchants there selling their wares, but it's a very subdued, take it easy, you come into the little boutiques and they say hi and, you know, let you look without really saying much. There's no high pressure. There's just a smile and a buenos dias. Town road, the road's kind of rough and rocky. And instead of asphalt, they've sprayed uh, some kind of mixture that has molasses in it. So it has a kind of a peculiar smell. Uh, go down to the beach and there you know, kids there hustling their wares. I bought some coffee cups that were beautiful. They told me they were good for beer and I said cerveza and they were surprised. Uh, and every time we saw the two kid, kids, they were like 20 year old kids. Every time we saw them they would wave and you know like it was cool to meet a new friend and it was special made me feel special. Uh, like meeting someone was the big event of the day. Wow. Can you imagine living in such a world? And um, I don't think I saw a TV on, although I think I did see one somewhere, and someone here was saying how hard it was to find a bar to watch the Super Bowl this coming Sunday. Are they paying any attention to the Trump impeachment? No. Anybody ever mentioned that? No. It's not even a thing here. It's part of our chaos. It's not part of the world chaos. Is not part of humanity's struggle. It's part of, well, the humanity that lives in the U.S. are the ones that are bogged down in this. Here in Peru, where the education, the literacy rate's higher than the U.S. when they have no military which I mentioned last time. So they spend all their money on health care and education. Here in Peru, <clears throat> they don't really care about what's happening in the U.S. Isn't that amazing? They don't even, it's not even, they don't even talk about it. We're not the center of the universe. 
like we think we are. It can only be the center of the universe if the people outside of your universe think you're the center of the universe. Ah. I wonder if I could make more difference in the U.S. if I simply walked in the woods every day, took care of myself, managed my health, managed my mind, my emotional state, came to some peaceful state, so then I walked among Americans, the stressed out creatures of this planet. I could provide a little bit of calmness, soothing, peacefulness. Is there some way I can write every day, write my stories, my poems, do a little work? Spend time with the dogs, walk in the woods, and still stay peaceful. It's easy down here. You're away from everything. I don't even have a TV set. My internet's a little questionable. Streaming's not much of an option. Oh. I can, it just has to stop a lot, so doesn't encourage it. But I'm wondering if there's not some really valuable lessons to learn from these people. Buenos dias. Buenas noches. This is the ancient Texan. Namaste.
I'm recording the sound. You don't hear this on every podcast. That's Gringo. <laughs> oh, he's a man.